All right, let me make sure we in there. All right, y'all read. What's up, man? What's good, Tev, man? What's good? What's good? How, How you, you doing? doing? I'm good, bro. How, how's your day, though, man? <laughs> my day good, bro. We already been talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my bad, man. Just, you know, checking up on my, my phone and stuff, man. So, okay. So, this is the podcast, correct? Yes, yes. All right, all right, man. So, I, you know, since you're having a conversation, I, got, I do got some questions for you. Yes, most definitely. Now, uh, just a heads up, uh, we actually... For anybody who's listening, uh, me and Jerry was talking about this for a minute. We wanted to drop um, just just some candid conversations and um, just not only that, just talking about like more authentic, you know, things in just in regards to relationship with Christ, uh, but um, things in just life, period. And, you know, Jared, he always got the heat, bro. He stay ready. Come on now. I always do, man. It's yeah, in most my back definitely. Po- it's in my back pocket, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I do want to ask you, though, like, how, what has your relationship with the Lord been like lately? (laughs) How's it been for you, bro? Just straight jumping to the gun. I know personally for me, man, my relationship with God is, it's, it's up and down. And a lot of people are like shocked, like, whoa, up and down. What does that look like? Yeah, yeah. I know personally for me, uh, what I mean by that is, I feel like for me personally, I can only speak for myself. Yeah. It's, uh, I would say I'm the hard headed child in the family. Okay. <laughs> I mean, honestly, we all are for yeah. the most part, though. But yeah. Um, but I don't know. Lately, I feel like my relationship with God is getting better because I'm getting revelation that I never had before, and it's really sharpening my like understanding of God's love and His nature. Um, yeah. You know, have we had talked about this before? But I've always viewed God as a legalistic God. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. And not even just legalistic, but just more of a taskmaster. So whenever I do make a mistake. You know, I, I will see God with the belt getting ready. Thought the hammer was coming. Coming, yeah. yeah like, I feel like he was Thor out there, man. Um, but honestly, personally for me, I think it was just over time. Um, I feel like with anybody, when your faith goes through certain things and certain times, uh, you start to get a different uh, perspective of who God is. Because mm. the amount of time I messed up, bro, and God still kept me and I can still feel his presence, it just shows a different light. And so I say, personally for me, my relationship yeah. with God is, it's 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 good. It can always be better. Yeah. Um, but uh we can all say that, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> This is personal, you feel me? Uh, that's good though. That's good though. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that's the best way I would say it, man. I feel like everyone has their own story. Um But it, I I still feel like there's a lot for me to learn. Yeah. Let me ask you a question though, man. What's up, bro? Holla I know, I know, I know, honestly, this is probably off topic, but I was trying to it throw It don't matter, bro. Holla at me. I was just about to throw you a frisbee, man. I know there's a lot of people who believe in once saved, always saved versus uh you can lose your salvation and all this. Yeah. So what you think, man? Uh, I don't even think it's really much of a discussion. Discussion. Um, I think it's just a misunderstanding of scripture. Okay. To be honest with you, if a person can lose their salvation, then it means that they did something to earn it. And there's really no way that you can out God's grace. Now, you can reject Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's totally different than losing your salvation. That just means you just gave it up. Um, like you gave up your faith in a sense. But... The work of salvation from start to finish is based off faith alone. That's it. Okay. Um, and that's why with, you know, Jesus, you know, the, notice the conversation that he had with Peter. He told Peter, he said, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. Mm-hmm. He said, I've prayed for you that your faith would not fail. Which means that pay, mean, uh, Peter was going to go through some stuff. You feel me? <laughs> he was going to go through some stuff, bro. But the reality was, is that the thing that needed to come out of that... <laughs> You <laughs> funny, bro. <laughs> the thing though, the thing that needed to come out of that was Peter's faith. That was it. Yeah. And 
you notice what Christ told him. It was very interesting what Christ told him. He says, when you come back to yourself, now go encourage your brothers with this truth, okay. which means that during that time, Peter wasn't going to be his normal self, okay. right? Because when you're, when you're being tested and tempted by the enemy and your faith is being tried by the enemy, you're not like the exact replica of what Christ wants you to be. In other words, other versions say that Jesus, where he tells Peter, he says, Peter, when you come back to me, yeah. in the sense that there was going to be parts of his character, his mindset, his personality that would be tried and tested. Uh, the reason why this happened is because Satan knows that your salvation is based off, based off faith alone. So you're, saying, so you're basically saying that he's attacking one thing he can't get access to. It's the one thing he can't get access to, but the, the sifting of the devil works more like he's trying to find out any places you have self-righteousness. So let me ask you a question. Yes. So do you feel like the enemy is not... So we know that you just said it out of your words and you know, yes, your yes. revelation is that your salvation is secure, right? So do you feel like the enemy is after everything else that God has for you that couldn't be taken, if that makes sense? In a sense, yes, or anything that you don't give to God. But it's, I'm, I'm going to put it more like this. Anything that you put your faith on, it will be shaken. That's what Satan going to come for. So if your faith is on people, he's going to shake people. If your faith is in your finances, he's going to shake your finances. And I'll be honest with you, Job is a perfect example of what salvific faith testing looks like. Mm -hmm. Right? When he came to Job, when he had the conversation with God, the, he said, Job only worships you because of these things. He didn't know that Job's faith was based in God alone. Mm -hmm. So he tested Job's health. He tested Job's money. He tested Job's family. He took everything from him. And yet Job still worshiped God. Job was considered to be faithful. Okay. Even in the midst of everything that was lost and everything that he had went through. So when the enemy attacks believers, he does the same thing. So see, but what happens is when believers get in that place, they struggle because they believe that God has abandoned them. So, so do you feel like, so let me ask you a question. Do you feel like, do you feel like basically that a lot of things that Christians as us as believers say, oh, like why is this happening to me versus it's always a, so you feel like it's always a root cause from Satan, basically. Not always the root cause of Satan. Some things we do bring upon ourselves, but for the most part, uh, when it comes to testing of your faith, the enemy usually is the one that tests your faith, and God allows it because he says your faith is more precious than gold. Okay. And he says that endurance in the midst of adversity strengthens your faith. So all of it is in the life of a believer. And mind you, Paul calls it a light momentary affliction. Yeah. But sometimes we make it a long, uh, drawn-out affliction because yeah. we're basing our faith off of things that God didn't base it off of, and it should be based on Jesus alone. Does it mean that a believer should just go out and start living any type of way? No, not exactly. Mm -hmm. But what it does mean is that it's only I, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And everything about my salvation is not based off of my goodness, but what he's done. I leave it at that. The reason why this is important is because there's believers. I, I not wish I can have conversations with people about this, but man, there's so many believers that's like famous, they're popular, they're in the world, right? And they're struggling with their faith. They've made mistakes. They did things that were wrong or they live certain lifestyles that they know would be abhorrent or rejected by the church. And a lot of them just completely turn away from Christ. Mm. Not realizing the issue wasn't so much of your sin. The issue is the faith. They gave up their faith because of their sin. Because it's That's very good. it's very difficult. I'm going to be honest with you. It's very difficult to keep faith and live a sinful lifestyle. 
Because you feel like you're always letting God down. Yes, yes, because like, it's just, you're basing off of your own righteousness. So how does a believer kind of like, because I know personally for me, like when I make a mistake, first thing that happens in my mind is obviously we can say the enemy. But it's like, you know, you get a mix of conviction. You get a mix of just like, dang, I don't feel worthy enough, God. Yes, yes. And it's just like sometimes you open that door and then sometimes that door that opens up ends up becoming a stronghold. Exactly. And that shame keeps us from going to a brother to get prayed for. So, like, mm. you know what I'm saying? So, like, yep. I, I'm not, basically what I'm saying is, like, you know, as believers, like, if you was in that shoe, like, how would you want to help somebody get out of that, if that makes sense? You know, I think that it's because the fundamental view of Christianity has to be changed. You have to view it as a relationship, as his father and the son. Okay. Right? The prodigal son left, mm -hmm. but he was still the son. He just didn't have fellowship with the father. Okay, man, let me let me burge in. Good. I love the prodigal story, but what if it's a believer that is consistently struggling with sin or consistently looks like a prodigal? He comes in, he repents, he comes back to God, yeah. but then he ends up falling and making that same mistake, and it's always a habitual cycle. What do you tell for that? What do you Romans, say for that? It's funny because Romans 7 actually talks about this. Paul went through the same thing. Paul says that the foundation of what he went through was legalism. When he said that it was the law, him trying to, he was trying to appeal to God off of his own goodness. Okay. And so I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to say it in the more um, layman terms. The reason why the enemy continues to attack believers with sin and to tempt them with sin because their righteousness is based off of their own works. So he's trying to destroy your faith. That's all he's after. That's the main thing he's after. So, for example, if you're relationship with God is based off of how holy you is. Guess what? He's going to attack your holiness. He's going to tempt you with all types of stuff because it's not so much the sin that see in the old Testament sin was the issue because you needed to appeal to God based off of the law. When faith comes, you no longer appeal to God based off of your own goodness. It's faith alone, but he attacks you with sin and temptations because he wants to destroy your faith because your mentality, your faith is in your holiness. Because your faith is in your holiness. So if he can get that, that basically means that if your faith is destroyed. You start to, I mean, does God really love me? Is God still there with me? Do I still have a relationship with God? This mm -hmm. is the questions that you begin to ask, but you ask those questions because your faith is still based off of you. So if enemy takes your faith away, that means in a sense, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. You lose your faith. You can lose your salvation. No, you you don't necessarily. That's not necessarily how it works. You lose your faith. You lose your salvation. But we know it's faith alone. But if you lose your faith in God because of the thing, the enemy has convinced you that yeah, you know, what I'm saying that you're not worthy. That, but you believe that, and your faith shifts. Like I'm not good enough. I'm not clean enough, and I walk away from God. Yeah. At that moment, correct me if I'm wrong. You basically gave up your faith. No, you, I wouldn't say you give up your faith. I would say you just broke fellowship with the Father. You see, when God grafts you into His family. You're always a son. For sure. He knows the future. So he knows what you're going to do two, three years down the line before you ever come into a covenant with him. So when you get to that point, it doesn't catch him off guard. That's why Paul says, after Paul went through similar things, he says, the things I do, I don't want to do. He's struggling with all of these thoughts and sinful desires and all of these things being attacked by demonic spirits or whatever it may be, tempted on all sides. Then that's when he came and say that, ah, my faith is in Jesus and Jesus alone. I'm in a wretched position. How do I get out of this position? Jesus sure. alone. And then that's when he also says that all things work for the good of those who are called according to his purpose and who love them. He said nothing can separate us from his love. Not angels, not demons, nor troubles or calamities, whatever it may be. So in the life of a believer, you assume that what you go through is to destroy you. It's not. God uses it to develop your character. He uses it to also humble you because mm -hmm. sometimes when 
if you're a person that judges people or condemn people, God will allow you to fall into certain things. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't promote it or provoke it. Mm -hmm. He allows it, which means that he's the one that's holding you back. So you're saying that God allows certain things, even though certain things can actually harm us in a sense. Yes. But to for you, his glory, yes, for his glory, because it humbles you. Hmm. Right. I mean, you got to think about it. Most people would think that God was a bad father for allowing Paul to be tormented by an evil spirit. They say you were a good loving God. Why would you allow your own child who loves you, who worships you? You showed him all these great revelations to be tormented by an evil spirit. But then God told Paul, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. Mm -hmm. My power is made perfect in weakness. So he allowed Paul to go through certain things to help Paul to keep from being self-important, to keep him humble. So Paul began to glory in his struggles and his afflictions and in his affirmities. He didn't boast in them, but he gloried in the fact that God used them in order to help humble him. So you're saying that because that situation kind of humbled him and that situation was not just a humblest experience, but it just kind of showed. Because I can understand why Paul can be prideful like yes. with God giving you all these things it's very easy yes so it so you feel like it's just more of a way that God is like hey I'm gonna keep you humble so you don't fall into pride and yes okay and so it's like it, it, I can see what you're saying because it's kind of like reassurance your faith like yo it's not about what you're doing it's versus what I'm doing that's so what it means when he says my grace is sufficient for you okay that's what that's what it, in sense what he's communicating is that whatever Paul was being tormented by he needed grace that's why Paul was struggling. He said, take these things away from me. So we don't know what that is, the thorn in his flesh. We just assume it's a spirit and thorn, whatever. It yeah, is but it, it had to be, when evil spirits come, they tempt you with stuff. For sure. So Paul, in his case, he was probably being tempted with a lot of things that he didn't necessarily want to do, engage with. Uh, probably things he didn't want to, like, bring shame to God's name. Could you give me an example? I mean, it could be de uh, depression, peace, and be lust because he didn't have a wife. So that could be one sense. But I know that we said that God gave him the grace and stuff like that. But we that don't know. Mean, and there's a reason we don't know. Because people would try to justify. Justify. Yeah. So it's the, the best way to view it is that when you come into a relationship with God, no journey is arbitrary. None of it. Define arbitrary. Arbitrary means random or chance. Okay. Nothing you go through is random a chance. Now, you make decisions yourself, and sometimes you allow the enemy into your life in places he shouldn't be there. Uh, but he says that he even uses what the enemy means for your bad, for your good. <laughs> also, That's all, a good guy. Exactly. Uh, so the journey is more about learning and growing, cultivating character, teaching you also. See, I there were certain things I had dealt with, right, mm -hmm. and in certain parts of my walk. Mm -hmm. And... Certain things I opened up the door for, but then there's other things I don't remember, like, opening up the door for certain things. I was wondering, like, why am I going through this? Right. Right? But then when I started, like, you know, getting into counseling, especially other people, um, and, like, kind of also helping other people just in more general sense, I saw exactly why I went through the things that I went through. Because people was dealing with the exact same stuff, almost verbatim. So God allowed you to go through things to help other people. Yes. It, it, it was funny. And you don't realize it in the moment, right? You're questioning. You're like, why am I going through this? Then you realize, ah, it's to help somebody else. And the beauty about it is that I, I love what Peter, I mean, not Peter, but Jesus said this to the Pharisees. Right. Jesus told the Pharisees, he was saying they were whitewashed tombs and he was, you know, kind of reproaching them and stuff. But he said that these people, you put these harsh judgments on them and these requirements on them. But he said, you haven't been touched with any of their afflictions. 
which means you don't even know what they're actually going through. You don't know what they're dealing with. Mm. You don't know how they feel. Like when they say certain things, like I'm feeling this way, I'm doing this way, but you don't know. So to you, it's very easy for you to say, be this way, do this, do that, but you haven't walked in their shoes. So it's very easy for you to say that until God allows you to taste what they're going through. And that's what Jesus had to go through. He said he learned obedience through his suffering. So he was tempted on all costs too. Yep. Yes, he was He was tested and tempted and tried. He bled and sweated. So the people that he was with, that's why he was able to say, I'm lowly and I'm humble and I'm meek. That's good. And he was also able to say, I know exactly what y'all are going through because my father allowed me to be tasted with your afflictions. That was a part of his human journey. It wasn't just being poor. It was actually feeling what we felt. Yes, it was feeling everything you felt. So you as a human being, he's fully God. But you yeah. as a human being, when you're dealing with certain stuff, Jesus knows how it feels. Even though he himself hasn't given it to it. He knows how it feels. And it's funny as you say that because, like, yes. you know, sometimes believers, like, I know personally for me, like, I go through stuff too, you know? Yes, we but all it's do. like, yeah. how do you... Like, I know it's all about faith, but, like, how do we connect to God in those situations? Like, like yo, we know Christ actually is the one that feels our infirmities or know what we're going through. But it's like, how does a believer, I know personally for me sometimes, I'm just like, yo, like, I read my Bible, you know, I'm fasting. And it's like, sometimes you don't feel, like, the tangible feeling of you're getting that relief or just mm. whatever you struggle with. But, like, basically my question is, like, yo, like, you know, as believers, like, how do we reach God in the sense of, like, when we're, like, even our soul and our spirit is like satisfied. Like, all right, God answered my prayer. Like, God is actually with me in this situation. Mm, that, that's actually a good question. I think that the the best foundation and way to approach that is to understand that faith isn't a feeling. Mm -hmm. If your faith is a feeling, your faith will always be shaky. Okay. So it's going to be based on your mood. Emotions are feelings, but they're not indicators of faith. Um, that's why Abraham, Abraham was emotional. Like, he was sad that he didn't have a child. Mm -hmm. um, he and it's not that he doubted God, but he wanted a baby. You get him coming from, but his faith never wavered. Mm -hmm. His faith was still strong. So it's the same thing when it comes to life. Jesus even said that, you know, Father, if it be your will, take this cup from me. Doesn't mean he gave up his faith. No, he, he cried. <laughs> he hurt it. I mean, he, that's not a word, but he hurt. He felt pain. He felt turmoil, but his faith was still there. It's crazy how the cup never got taken away from him too. You said what? He, the cup never no, was it taken. never got taken away. <laughs> never got taken mm. away. But, you know, the thing the thing with that is that keeping faith is that the reason one of that's one of the reasons why the enemy continues to attack believers in the same way. Yeah. Is because he knows that their faith is based off of their emotions. Bro, you know what's crazy what I thought? And I want to ask you this. Like, why is it that like unbelievers are living their best lives? You know what I'm saying? Like they don't believe in God, but this is like they don't have problems. They don't have situations there. They got money. They, you know, you know. Yeah. They're not anxious. They're not depressed. They get to do what they want, but it's like it's like the bot. The enemy doesn't bother them. The Lord actually is funny because the Lord showed me a revelation about this, and it shocked me. They aren't living their best life because Job asked the same question. Okay. He was like, "God, I serve you, and I do all these things. Why are these people living their best life?" But you got to understand something that believers are given something that's so much more powerful than what people get in the world. And it's spiritual wealth. And there are some people who give up spiritual wealth for worldly wealth. But Jesus says, why, what does it profit you to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? Mm. But see, the reason why believers struggle is that they don't know that they can have both. That's the reason why they struggle. Uh-oh. Seriously. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about just they don't know that there is a way to be wealthy in spirit, but then also actually enjoy your life. 
so you don't have to be miserable in okay. the same vein. Okay. But the other side of it is that people in the world don't necessarily have a code of ethics and morality like a Christian has. And because of this, it's almost like their conscience gives them the freedom and the liberty to enjoy certain pleasures without conviction. So Ooh. to them, they don't necessarily feel that what they're doing is wrong, right? Okay. They feel freedom in it. They feel like a high, a euphoria. So to them, but see, if a believer was to do the same thing, they feel conviction. You mm. feel me? But the thing is, though, is that in doing that when the, with a worldly person, on the spiritual side of it, the thing they don't see is that they're dying day by day. It's almost like they're locked in this cage and they're like literally dead, like dead people. Yeah. Zombies in their heart, in their yeah. spirit, in their mind, they're dead. But in their life, everything looks so alive. Mm-hmm. Um, this is actually the uh, the dangers of the Internet sometimes. Not in the more general, but I wrote a blog about this. And the main purpose of it was talking about how we as believers, sometimes we chase people's lives because it looks so happy and exuberant on social media. Not knowing that some of these same people can't go to sleep at night without crying. Or without certain coping mechanisms that they're just struggling just to make it through everyday life. Like, they do don't have like, internal peace. So, do you feel like, like the internal peace is actually being run by demons? But they just don't know how to express it and tell us, like, what they're really going through with it. Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I'm saying this is like, so a lot of these society people that we, like, look up to, they're actually being tormented, but they know how to cover it up with all the money, the girls. Yeah, coping drugs. coping mechanisms, that's the reason why people prefer not to be alone. So, you people fall into addictive behavior. And it's not their fault. They just, they're always searching for euphoria. But they, feeling, yeah. but they get euphoria from things. Like, if you take some people and put them in a room by themselves, mm-hmm. no TV, no, insane. no nothing, no social media, nothing, just by themselves in their own thoughts, that's that's a scary place for some people to be. Because, like, they start to search on the inside and they realize, like, bro, I'm dead internally, right? So, I think that, and uh, we, um, we about to wrap it up in a couple seconds, but... Um, the I think that I think that believers have to understand, and this is what God, the one of the journeys that God was taking me on, was understanding how to balance the beauty of all that His world has created and enjoying it, without actually sinning to do so. Like I don't For have sure. to live a carnal, fleshly or worldly life to actually enjoy myself, to have fun. You feel me? And so I guess have spiritual wealth and physical. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you on the next one. Like, I was going to ask you, like, what is some you know, examples you can give people out there? Like, what is, like, extra fun? Because I know personally for me, I'm still trying to figure that out. Yeah, it's different for each person. That's why Paul says that, that each person that God gives them the faith and the journey by which they are right. allotted to live. Remember, the identity is found in the secret place. So all of that, um, and we're about to wrap it up in a couple, in couple like, about two, three minutes, but Identity is found in the secret place, mm-hmm. right? A lot of believers and people in general, what they the thing that they feel is they go to the internet and they go to all of these people and they let them be their parents. <laughs> As opposed to just asking God, like, God, what type of life do you allow what for me to live? Mean, yeah, God will tell you that. He will show you. He'll say, hey, if you want to have fun and enjoy yourself, these are the things I allow for you to do. Okay. So you'll have a guilt-free, shameless conscience and you actually enjoy yourself much better than copying other people. So you copy other people's musical playlists, you copy their clothing, their fashion, their lifestyle, and you just dying day by day. You're having fun, you feel euphoria, but internally you're dying, right? You start to see your character drop off, 
you start to see, you start using, you know, vowel language, foul language, saying certain things. Um, you start to just notice like just deadness happening inside of you. You no longer have love and compassion and joy and peace and all those type of things. Uh, but it's just void really. So, um, but I think we're, we're actually anything you want to say after that. Cause I know you, you got some more stuff on, but we ain't got too much time though. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll touch base on on the next one though. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So yeah, he, he got some business expeditions to handle yo. Yeah. You know, you know, we got to be out right now, but <laughs> I got you guys on more fire questions. Most definitely. But no, uh, thank y'all for tuning in, man. Uh, this is just a, some short that we put together and uh, we're going to have a lot more conversations about this. Uh, so, I hope they not only encourage y'all, but they speak life into you guys and give us a better perspective on how we view God um, and also, too, as well, how we walk out the Christian faith. Uh, so hope you guys enjoy and deuces.